Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning quiet our hearts. Lord, for some it's been a difficult week, a rough week. And this is a place of rest, a place to come to hear your voice. Lord, we ask that you would quiet our hearts even at this moment as we prepare to look at your word. That, Lord, you would place into our minds even at this moment that one verse, that one line, that one word that might stick with us for the rest of the day or the week or the rest of our lives. Lord, come into our lives. Make this scripture alive for us. Breathe into us, Lord, your spirit. Help us to see who you are in the midst of it. Encourage us through your word as we look at it this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's scripture is John chapter 6, 35 through 51. And it's kind of, a again, a big chunk of scripture with lots of things going on, which... I don't know about you, but sometimes that's a challenge because there's so many things happening. And so my prayer this morning is that one piece of this, one verse, one line, one word sticks out as we look at it this morning. It starts in verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. But raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks at the Son believes in Him and shall have eternal life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. At this the Jews began to grumble about Him because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, "Is, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God, Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, 
which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give to you for the life of the world. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. No sleeping, Ken. <laughs> if I'm yawning, I'm still awake. Oh. They say your emotions get worse as you get older. I think I'm in really big trouble. <laughs> worse in what way, Dan? I think you get more emotional, Ken. That's that means you might get a motion before you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ken. I'm just... <laughs> I heard his feeling, yes. <laughs> if you know where that came from, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. I'll tell you some other day. Oh, goodness. That, that song is powerful. I hope, I hope you spent them the, through this Lenten season, had a chance to really to listen to those words, to say those words, and to be encouraged. They're powerful words. Oh. In the midst of that... Uh, I have a great picture for you to start out. If you want to, yeah, the Jesus Cheeto, yes, exactly. If you'd like to Google Jesus and food in the same Google images, uh, I had about 10 of them. I decided for time's sake I wouldn't share them all with you. But this one, there's a Jesus, you know, did you know that there was a Jesus uh, picture in a, in a grilled cheese that sold on eBay for money? <laughs> There was a there was a piece of fish. There was oh you name there was a banana. I think that one was fixed. I don't know why. That one that one is a questionable. Today we're gonna to talk about food, and I bet everybody likes food, I'm thinking. And fortunately or unfortunately, Jeff wasn't able to be here. Uh, so we get to do another I am in service. We weren't really planning on. So that's that's a good point. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, one of the struggles or one of the pieces of, of reading in scriptures, we get to know the end of the story, right? And that sometimes is a challenge because we actually know what happened, but then we see all the details that happen afterwards. And the people in the story, they're just kind of rolling through the story um, like, our, like their life and like we do, right? Rolling through our story of life. And I don't know if you remember last week, we talked about uh, Jesus saying, I am the gate, I am the shepherd, and you are the sheep. Do you remember that? Remember uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, I am the light of the world. And week one, we talked about, before Abraham was, I am. And today, we're going to talk about the bread of life. Now, this comes right on the heels of, uh, of the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Um, do you remember that story? Jesus is going along with his disciples and all these people are following. It says 5,000 men. So good chance there was ten to 15,000 people in this group. And they're going along, and uh, Jesus tells the disciples, well, we need to feed these guys. And they're like, of course, they look in the coffers. Well, there's, enough, there's about 30 bucks here. We're not going to be able to feed very many people with uh, what we have. Uh, and and you've got to admit, when you read the passage, you're, Andrew says, well, hey, there's a kid over there with a couple fish and five hamburger buns. 
And I, I look at that, and I'm like, man, there's faith, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll eat those, and what about the other 4,999, right? So this is the miracle of feeding those 5,000 is right before this passage. And it helps me to see, uh, I don't know about you, but I enjoy that part because then it helps kind of set the stage for what Jesus is going to say. I'm not, he's like, when he says, I am the bread of life, he's got all these people following him. And all these people are like, hey, I remember what happened uh, yesterday. If you're the bread of life, I think I'll, I'm going to follow you a little more, right? Because we know how that works. I'm sure some of those people were there following him to be ministered. But let's be honest. There's probably a good chunk of those people said, free meal, right? They're handing out free food. If you want to go, if you want to find uh, people uh, are always looking for a free meal or a free something, right? That's, that's easy, right? Give something away and you'll have people show up. And so I got to believe that some of that group was just in it for the food. They're like, hey, we had uh, fish and uh, bread yesterday. I wonder what we're going to have today. And so there was this group of people that were following. And so this moment where Jesus has an opportunity to say, uh, I am the bread of life, uh, it's interesting. And I, I, one of the things that comes out of, the, uh, out of the passage that you need to think about as we look at this passage this morning is that they lived in a very different world than we live in. I would be willing to bet that very few of us, if any of us, have ever gone without. I guarantee I haven't gone without very often. We live in a world that is so enormously blessed. Do you realize that people will turn away from the homeless shelter if the food isn't the right food? We, do you realize that 40% of the food that is produced in America is thrown away any given day? We live in a world that they have no idea we have no idea what they went through to get a meal. We, I remember those stories of the, of the widow who, would, who had that little bit of flour and oil, and that was all she had. When's the last time that the only thing you had in your uh, cupboard was enough flour and a drop of oil to make a lo one little loaf of bread? I, I'm willing to bet that it's never. And then if you did run out, there are so many safety nets in this world we live in that we never, ever experience that idea of going without. We may have something we don't like, right? Green beans or peas or something like that. And what do we do? We just don't eat them because there'll be something else. We live in a very different world than they lived in in that day. But as soon as they heard that this bread of Life, this bread was coming down from heaven. They were like, hey, you know what? I remember this old story that my ancestors told me. My grandma's, 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 grandma reminded me that God sent food from heaven one other time. And he sprinkled some, some manna. I, I never experienced it, but maybe this is what's going to happen. Maybe Jesus is going to send some, maybe there'll be some more manna. Maybe there'll be some pieces coming down from heaven. That'd be cool. Then I could just get it in my house. I don't have to go and follow Jesus. I'll just grab it outside the door. That's what they write. Some quail, some manna. That's pretty cool. 
That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was on a very much a different level than the people he was speaking to. They were on this temporal level. Feed me, right? Because let's be honest, we, if you haven't eaten yet, you're already thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. Most of us have a crock pot or something in the, you know, in the fridge. We know what's going to happen at noon. Very few of us are going to go without. Food revolves around a lot of our life. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And they're like, hey, hey more food. And that's not what he was talking about. Not at all. And see, as you look at those two different levels, that's what we're going to look at this morning. That Jesus was on one level. Oh, that's the, sorry, I'm way behind. Jesus was on one level. That's man, by the way. I don't know if that's really man. I wasn't there, but I'm going to trust it. Whoever took that picture probably must have been. Good digital photo. Just, just kidding. I don't know where that came from. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The very first thing he talks about in, the, in this passage, and there's a lot of passage, I get that. There's, what, 16, 17 verses we read, and that's not the whole story. I cut it off on either end because there's so much. And I don't know about you, but I get more than one or two verses, and I get all confused. So I picked out a couple verses in this passage that I thought really would really hit home for me, and hopefully they hit home for you. The first passage that... Um, that that stuck out was verse 35. It says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is saying, this bread that I give, it fulfills you and it sustains you. That's a pretty uh, interesting idea because when we think of food, we think, you could, I could give you 100 pounds of food, but you couldn't eat it all at one time, right? Most of it would go to waste. Because we like, we like that idea of food sustaining. I just need a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. I just need food for today. And so he says, I'm going to give you this food that will last forever. And they're on the wrong level. They're on the, okay, does this stuff never go bad? Does the stuff... How do I store it, right? We didn't have refrigerators. They didn't have freezers. They didn't have those things. So they're like, how does that work? See, because eating is a necessary component of everyone's life, right? We can, you can quit eating for a day. Some of us could quit eating for a couple days or a lot of days. But at some point, you have to eat. You can't just keep going and never eat again. We have to have something that sustains us. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life that sustains you. You may remember that if you jump back in, uh, in chapter 4, you may remember the woman at the well. Do you remember the story of the woman at the well? She was at the well in the middle of the day, right at noon, when no one else was there. Happened to be a Samaritan woman. Jesus meets her at the well, and he says, woman, I need some water, right? He doesn't say it in a mean way, but he offers, he asks for water. And she, she says, why are you even talking to me? I'm a Samaritan, and I'm a woman. And then he offers this, her this water that never will allow her to be, she'll never be thirsty again. She'll never get thirsty again. And, her, and in the same 
situation, she thinks, this is awesome. I'll get this water. I'll never have to come back to this well again. I won't have to be embarrassed. She was embarrassed because she had had, well, what we learned further in the story was that she had uh, five men, of which it says were not her husband. And so she's like, I would like this water because I don't ever want to have to come back to this place. And it's the same setup, right? He offers a water that you will never thirst again. That's exciting. That should be exciting to you. That's an eternal uh, gift that God gives us. See, I think we get so hung up, just like the people in both of those stories, we get hung up on the temporary. All right, I'd like a loaf of bread forever. Just It's like we're going to send you a loaf of bread in the mail each week, each week, each week. And they're like, yeah, sign me up for that plan. We're going to send you water forever. And we get so hung up on the temporary things that we forget about the eternal things. We get so hung up on the things of today, the things of worry, the things of of being upset about what's going on in our life today that we forget about the eternal things in our own life. And that's what happened to these people. He was trying to offer them eternity. And all they could hear was, temporary. We get hung up on the things of our lives. And if you're honest with yourself, and I'm honest with myself, I sometimes spend way too much time in those temporary things. I get worked up about my car not working the way it should. I get worked up about the bill that came in the mail. I get worked up about my internet not working. My phone acting up yesterday talking on the phone for 20 minutes to find out nothing. I don't know about you, but I get so hung up on those things that I forget about my eternal standing. And at the end of the day, does that phone matter at all to my eternity? And that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. Does this bread matter at all to eternity? Let me give you the bread that's eternal bread. Quit worrying about the things of today and worry about your eternal standing with me. I don't believe that in this passage they even realized that he said, I am. Because as soon as they got to that, they may have heard I am, but as soon as they heard bread of life, they're like, sign me up. So they probably missed the I am. Now they grumbled, but they grumbled about something else. They were grumbling about what he said, but they grumbled about a different part. So they missed that whole I am. They didn't even hear I am. They just heard bread of life. Sign me up for that plan. They were so hung up on the temporary, get me some food, that they missed that he wasn't even talking about food. He was talking about the eternal life. And that's the challenge for us as we look at this passage Where do you focus your life? Do you focus your life on what you're going to eat next? On what's going to happen in your life next? On the problems that are going on around you? Or are you focusing on eternity? And I would challenge you to to really think that through. Where is your focus? Because that's what Jesus says. You need to focus on eternity Eternal things, not temporary things. He knew that they would be needing food. 
and that there would be other times that they would need food. He knows our needs. He hasn't forgotten us. And yet, the most important part is eternity. The second thing that, that really bothered this group of people was the idea that the bread came from heaven. In verse 41 and 42, it says, At this the Jews began to grumble about him because they said, I am the bread of heaven that came down from life. Is this not Jesus, son of Joseph, whose father we mother and mother we know? We know this guy. How can he say he came down from heaven? How can he say that? They still haven't, they haven't got the I am part of it. They missed that. What they did here was, this guy's claiming to come from heaven. And in some ways, claiming to be God. How can that be? And they actually go and they say, this must be where the manna, he's talking about, this must be the manna. Maybe he's going to do a, a trick where we get manna. And I'll ask you this question, why is that important to your faith? Why is the fact that Jesus came from heaven important? By the way, it's important. It's foundational to your faith. Think about that for a moment. Jesus coming from heaven is foundational to your faith. Why? Because this is a nice big churchy word. I like this word, incarnation. It's a really, it's a fun word to say, you know. But it's God in human form, right? We hear incarnate. God in human form. That's important. Church, you need to know that that's important. That is foundational to your faith. You have to believe that God, that Jesus is God incarnate. That Jesus came to earth not a created being, but God himself in the flesh. It's important to your faith to know that. You may remember at the beginning of John, you know this probably, you know this passage, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made That was that was that made. I don't know. I'm confused. I want to change. I want to. I want to change one word in this passage. First of all, you see the word says is a capital W. Did you see that? That's not just a word. That is the word, Jesus. And so I want to. I want to change that. It says in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. It's important, church, that you understand about your faith. It's important that you understand that this is a foundational part of your faith. That you need to know that this Jesus was God. I don't know if you heard the story uh, about a week ago, a young man by the name of Luke uh, Engel. Uh, this young man is a senior, uh, about to graduate come May. 
religious studies major. This young man was in a class called Christianity 481, Self, Sin, and Salvation. Required class to graduate. Last semester, so you don't get to make it up. Last semester, so you have to pass. Last semester, you need this class. This is a, this is a class that you have to have to graduate. This young man was in this class where he was being fed information about transgenders and about how many different genders there could be in the world. At the end of this lecture, he stood up, and I don't know, I don't know exactly what he said, but at the end of this lecture, he said, biologists agree that there really are only two genders. That's where we're at biology-wise, science-wise at this moment. Whatever happened between him and the uh, professor, whether it got ugly, whether they didn't, he didn't back down, I don't know. But at the end of this lecture, he was actually forced out of the class, kicked out of this class. Could not, cannot, at, originally he was going to have to just write an apology, but it ended up being that he got kicked out of the class for his belief. I don't know if you heard about it, but this was at IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, about less than three hours from here. This happened a week ago. This young man's college education is in the balance of some committee that's going to decide whether he was too disruptive or what, decide whether the professor had overstepped her bounds. All for questioning what he felt was his right to question and ask. And I bring that up. This young man has a, uh, a hearing, next. I think it's next week. I bring this up for one reason. Church, we are uneducated in our faith in a lot of ways. And we need to step up and learn about who we are. We need to understand who this Jesus is in our own life. And we need to understand why that's important. We go through this world, and I don't want you to logically, to not believe and not think about why your faith and why you believe. I want you to think through those things. In order to do that, we need to dig into the Scriptures and understand who this Jesus is. Yes, He died on the cross. Yes, He raised from the dead. Yes, He was God. God in the flesh. Oh, this, this verse came to mind as, uh, as I was preparing it. In 1 Peter 3.15, it reminds me, set apart Christ as your Lord and be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason that you have hope. Be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have in Christ. And finally, the bread that Jesus is offering is eternal. 
Verse 51, it says, I am the living bread that came from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Wouldn't that be nice? You eat this loaf of bread, that's the last loaf of bread you'll ever have to eat. You're done. You don't need any more food. It'll save you, what, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon, 15 minutes at supper time, another 15 minutes for ice cream at dinner, after dinner. Yeah, eating takes longer than 15 <laughs> That's not true, Kenny. I've seen you eat. <laughs> Veronica, can you take a t- uh, time it, would you? <laughs> That's right, five exactly, five minutes. I know, I've eaten with Kenny more than once. <laughs> if you don't eat fast with Kenny, there's nothing left. <laughs> you didn't get anything. There was a crumb. I got ripped off. He said, eat this bread and you'll live forever. I think food's a very uh, interesting uh, illustration that Jesus used. Because think about food for a minute. It's a very personal thing, right? I can take all you guys, all y'alls, and we're going to go to the, to the restaurant and eat. But try as I may, I can't eat food that will help you any way, shape, or form. And you can't eat food that will help me any way, shape, or form. Food is, hunger, food is an actual very personal thing. You have to eat what you're going to eat in order to get any uh, nourishment from it. It's very personal. I don't know that you've ever thought about food in that way. But it's very personal. You have to go home and make your own peanut You may not make that peanut butter and jelly, but if you're not going to eat that peanut butter and jelly, it's going to do you no good. And so it is in the Scriptures. And Jesus says, you have to come. I don't know if you listened to that song at the beginning. It says, come to the table. And it reminded me, one, of communion, but two, that we have to be willing to go to Jesus. We have to be willing to go and allow him to work in our lives. See, I love this picture. Because I believe that we do have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, that we have this need, this desire, this yearning, a whole lot like hunger, right? If I, if I don't let you guys eat, if we lock the doors and no one's going to eat for 12 hours, you're going to get hungry, and you're going to have this yearning in your guts. If you've ever fasted, there's a reason why fasting works so great, because it works, because it really does focus your mind. You get hungry, and your stomach starts to growl and rumble, and you're like, oh, and then really, what do you do? You focus on that food. But it wouldn't take very long before our stomachs would start to, to oh, I'm hungry and my stomach hurts and I want to eat. I just need something. And God says, that's, that's, what, that's what we want for our own lives. We don't always realize that. I think a lot of times we think we can put a different puzzle piece in. We can put time. We can put money. We can put toys We can try to put relationships. We have all these different things that we can try to put in that hole. And I've seen it. I've I've experienced some of that in my own life. And I've seen others 
who's like, if, if I can just put this in that hole, it'll be okay. I'll be okay. And they keep searching. And they try to fill that hole. And there's, what do we put in that hole? And I believe that the only thing that we can put in that hole is Jesus. That is the only thing that will fulfill our lives. I see so many people, that probably the downside of Facebook, so many people trying so many different things to fill that hole. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get a new car. I don't know about you guys, but when I get a new car, it's great for a week. And then all it is is a bill. Right? You your car bill? Yeah. <laughs> we get a new house. It's not new for very long. We go to that new restaurant that we've never been to before. But you know what? After the first time, it's no longer new. We try relationship after relationship, trying to fill that hole. And I think what we do in our minds sometimes is we say, no, not God. That, that definitely wouldn't fill that hole. And so we blow right by it. I got struggles, but I don't want to put Jesus in that hole. And the biggest shame in life is when someone goes all the way through their life trying to fill that hole and misses the experience of a life with Jesus. That's the biggest. It's sad. It's sad when someone has a a deathbed conversion because they have missed all the life that Jesus puts into us when we have a relationship with them. I'm here to tell you that there's only one thing that will fill that hole. There's only one thing that will fill that hole. A relationship with Jesus. That's it. I've tried lots of the other things. I'm sure that you have tried lots of those other things. They're fun for a time. They're exciting for a time. But it doesn't take very long before there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon was a great example. He spent his life with all these people, women, and everything his heart would desire. And at the end, he said, there's only one thing that really matters. If you go to the last 14, 12, I think is the verse. Fear God. (laughs) I've tried everything else, he says. He wrote the whole stinking book. He wrote all of Ecclesiastes, and he says, you know what? At the end of my life, I've done all this research. I've gone through everything, and you know what? Only one thing satisfies. God. That's, and he just kind of, and you know, if you know anything about Solomon, he was the smartest guy on earth. Interesting. Let's pray. Lord God, we do come to you this morning, and I am thankful that we have an opportunity, Lord, to to contemplate life, Lord, to contemplate the way that you work in and around our lives. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who has that, that piece of the puzzle missing, that, Lord, hasn't, 
offered their life to you. That, Lord, they may know about you. They may know all the verses that speak to you. But they've never come to the table. They've never come and allowed you to be in their, their life. There's a very distinct difference, Lord. And I pray this morning for anyone who hasn't come and offered their life to you. That, Lord, you would guide their, their muscles even at this moment. That, Lord, they would offer their lives to you and allow you an opportunity to change who they are. Because, Lord, at the end of the day, we know that what's most important is our eternal standing with you. Food will come and go. But the bread of life is what we need for eternity. In your name we pray. Amen.